Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How is your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and tonight's topic is tricks, tips, and tools for teens. Why? Because I'm really a teenager at heart. Actually, I have an expert teen on with me today, and her name's Faith Northman. Why is she an expert teen? Because she's a conscious teen, which makes her an expert, because she actually asks questions in her life. So that's why I call her an expert. She's an expert at being a teenager, which I can tell you, when I was a teenager, um, I questioned things, but I more came from like a place of fighting. Like everything was like, uh, I had to be... <laughs> drama trauma fight like it was a fight scene and I had to be right and I was very political like an activist and fighting for you know people's rights and all kinds of stuff so it was very very filled with drama and so uh, I wasn't asking the questions I was asking is why is the world so messed up instead of what contribution can I be to the planet which is more the question that fate has been asking which is a far better <laughs> and easier way to be on the planet FYI, teens and grown-ups out there, grown-ups, whatever that means. So I want to welcome you, Faith. So for everybody who uh, is brand new to this show, um, we talk about bodies on this show. We talk about pleasure. We talk about sex. We talk about life. We talk about living. We talk about money. We talk about things pleasure-related, which is pretty much everything I choose in my world. So, hey, the pleasure zone is bodies and guess what? Our bodies are actually what experience the pleasure. So a lot of the pleasure zone has to do with bodies. How fun is that? And uh, why do I talk about that? Because um, in my practice for the last 20 years, it's actually my 20th anniversary of working with bodies, people, energies uh, publicly. So, yeah, for the last 20 years, I've been choosing that. Um, and so it's kind of fun. Um, it's kind of fun to me to have you on, Faith, because I think I've actually been working publicly for like as long as you've been on the planet in this embodiment. So it's kind of <laughs> yep. kind of cool. I'm like, hey, very cool. It's kind of like an anniversary slash face birthday thing happening. You're so it's cool. So uh, I know from my experience growing up as a teen um, in in like the early 90s was very different than what it is now. Um, you know, like. Now I, I see a lot of stuff, and and even after reading your bio, so I'll let people know a little bit about you, Faith, just so they don't go, uh, well, who is this woman, and why is she on the show? <laughs> Actually, Faith, uh, I met Faith through an online call that we were doing together with um, a, f a friend of ours, Julia Sotis, who had the Magic Club for about a year. We were on these uh, monthly calls together, and I was doing a lot of the... Um, the back-end uh, information for Julia for those calls. So I would see Faith's name all the time and uh, see her and hear her on calls and stuff. So um, 
that's how I know faith. I've actually never spoken to you in person, so this is really kind of <laughs> funny. Like, never had like a one-on-one with you. So I like that we're having this, and we're just we're just doing it hardcore, fully publicly. It's kind of like, hi, I met you. Let's just take all our clothes off in public and go running around naked. Okay, cool. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just run around naked. Never talked to you before. Yes, let's do this. So, so Faith is actually um, a certified facilitator with Access Consciousness, and she's just kind of stepped away from that temporarily and likely stepping back into it and has done many, many classes with Access Consciousness, experienced lots of drama and trauma with friends, has had all that drama and trauma that teens can have, and also has a lot of tools to choose out of it and has chosen um, out of a lot of that and has a lot more awareness than probably most of us did at her age. Not that we're comparing, I'm just saying there is a different possibility for teens out there that maybe uh, not everybody's aware of. So welcome to the show, Faith. And uh, if you'd like to add anything about yourself, go for it. Thank you. Um, the one thing I will add is I'm currently working on a book that's just a major invitation to teens and youth to know that there's something else possible and that they can choose something different. So I actually have a radio show where I'm interviewing people and bringing them on, and then it's being transcribed into a book, and I share my story. So keep your Very eyes open cool. for it. It will be launching soon within the next few months. So, yeah. Awesome. And there's so many teens out there uh, and tweens, right? Like there's this there's this new sort of dawning age of sexual sexu- – like sexuality is like in schools like never before – You've got, you know, kids yep. in grade four and five talking about homosexuality and bisexuality, judging each other. Like this stuff honestly was not in my universe as a as a as a kid. Like I wasn't I was aware that people were gay because my mom had gay friends, so I knew there were, you know, these two guys that loved each other and lived together. Um, but I honestly didn't know it was weird until um my dad started judging it. And telling us that it was weird. Until then, I was just like, hey, those two love each other. That's really cool. Right? So now it's like everywhere. It's in everybody's face. And so the, there's this like this judgment of bodies is like everywhere. Um, so I'm wondering, like, because like for you in school, what was that like growing up with that? I feel almost like there's more, even more judgment now than there was before. I would say definitely more. And, like, just as you were saying with, like, sexuality and how it's, like, becoming talked about and, like, judged upon at a younger age, I remember in high school, like, we used to have um, the health trades would come in, and so you could get your pills and your condoms or whatever through them for free. And mm-hmm. the high school was 9 to 12, and the elementary was actually getting the same services. Wow. And, like, that's crazy. Holy, that is I don't want crazy. my kid having sex, like, I'm sorry, but they should be in high school before they have sex. That's just my point of view about it, but I'm just like, whoa. So I've definitely yeah. noticed that. And, like, there was one guy in my class who was gay. I knew right from the beginning that he was gay, and I only mm-hmm. knew him since grade nine. And the two girls that were best friends with him, they'd known him since kindergarten. And, no, 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 he's not gay. He's not gay. That's not possible. No, 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 no. And he finally came out in grade 12, I think. And they're like, yeah, we saw it coming. And I'm like, you guys are in such denial of it. And, like, it was <laughs> such a huge deal. Like, there was a lot of judgment about, like, a gay man changing in the change rooms. 
with the other men. Yeah. And it was really too bad because he didn't come out sooner. And, like, you can tell, like, since he's come out, like, he's lost a lot of friends and he hasn't found anybody yet. And it's just it's amazing how much judgment he's put upon it when I think everybody should just have their own free choice. And as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Yeah, in in this area where I'm currently living, so I grew up in Toronto, but I actually live uh, in a small town, and I sometimes work in the schools in the small town, um, and I started doing that about 17 years ago, and uh, and when I did that, I, you know, I was aware of uh, some of the kids in class who definitely, like, showed, like, they were interested in same-sex relationships, um, and people, you know, other kids were teasing him about it and they were like in grade seven and eight and, and they were harsh because this is like where I live is like redneck village. Um, and one of the boys um, who about four years ago, he actually committed suicide. And I was I was aware of him. He just stood out because he was just so different. Um, and he's one of those people like, you know, I might have been a teacher like a supply teacher to hundreds of kids and there was like a handful that stood out to me and he was one of them and he had actually committed suicide and didn't tell anybody why um or anything he just kind of shot himself in the head and it was uh it was really shocking for the community because they're like oh chris is so friendly and so happy and blah 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 i'm like wow I saw something completely different in him when he was in grade seven. To me, he was like tormented, really wanted to fit in, really didn't like feel like he could be himself, always just trying to pretzel himself to have people like him, you know? And, and so when it had, when it, you know, when people were talking about it, I was like, you people are fracking delusional. Like you didn't see, you weren't even willing to see him. You were trying to make him into like, the typical redneck hunter dude and he was really soft and very gentle and actually really would probably prefer to be with men um and it was really it's really sad to me that you know people are committing suicide over stuff like this so well, i mean canada is more of an allowance of it but i mean it's still a big issue in the states which blows my mind that we are in 2017 and still a big issue like people are getting shot over it or picked on or whatever and committing suicide it's like 2017 like can't we just be an allowance of everybody's choices and be happy all right (laughs) so what are some tools um for the teens out there because you know what i get is even the teens who are judging them there's got to be there's got to be because i say there's got to be there's got to be a part of them that is like feeling really freaking bad that they're doing that like they just feel like jerks inside like i could or maybe they don't maybe i'm crazy and think everybody's got an ounce of kindness but if you are judging people you know and and especially like teens judging each other judging bodies too like holy like we didn't have the internet when i grew up right so you didn't have nude pictures flying around and all the bullying with like nude photos uh, random sex videos, like these things are so common and they create such havoc in people's lives and the shaming and everything like, like that there, there might've been like some awareness of it, but there was no like overt shaming about these things. Cause nobody talked, a, nobody talked about it. So people were hiding it, but at the same time, it wasn't like people were chronically poking at you about it either. Like the, Bullying was different. The bullying was like 
for other things, not about sexuality necessarily. So what would you, what kind of tips can you give to the bullies to go, hey, you know, be aware? And to the people who are receiving the bullying, what kind of tips would you give to them, especially regarding sexuality? The one thing I would definitely say to the bullies, because I've seen it firsthand, and I find nine out of ten bullies have been bullied before. And I've actually confronted them and been like, hey, why are you doing it? You know what it's been to be bullied, and yet you're going to choose to do the same to somebody else. And it's funny because they'll deny it at first, and then they'll, they'll shut up and they'll stop. But I think it's really like, hey, you've been there. Like, I know you want to have the power of what's going on now, but, I mean, you know what it felt like, so why would you go and put somebody else in their shoes? And I think a big part of the reason to start bullying is getting started is because there's so much social cliques. And if you don't fit into a social clique, then there becomes bullying or, you know, like the nerds and the athletes don't get along and all the rest of it, which... I don't really get whether it has to be a social click. I never fit into just one. Well, really, I didn't fit into any of them. So I just, I had my own. Floated, right? My own friend. And, yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't work for me, the social clicks. Um, and as for the people receiving it, I think it's really just be you. And if they could just see it as an interesting point of view and not have to resist or react or align and agree with it. I think the bully would probably stop because they're not getting the, they're not getting anything out of it anymore. Bullies like to bully because they get a reaction. If you just like, hmm, awesome. interesting point of view, they won't get a reaction anymore. So, I mean, that could have it come to an end really quickly. Absolutely. So, a lot of people who listen to this show may or may not be familiar with the tools of access consciousness. So, um sure. Just before we go to break, can you give them a little um, way that you would use the tool interesting point of view? Yeah. So I've always loved the analogy um, interesting point of view, and it's just like you're a rock in a stream. So if you say I'm pretty, if you say I'm fat, if you say I'm ugly, your points of views just float around me. Your judgments just float around me. I'm the rock. Nothing sticks. Nothing hurts. It just floats around. I stay who I am, and I continue to be me. And so we always talk about aligning and agreeing or resisting and reacting. And when you're doing that, you're not really creating anything. You're just getting bought into it and you're no longer being you. It's a nice, interesting point of view. I just mean, somebody calls you something or they try and hurt you. Don't buy it as real. You know who you are. Let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the energy. Totally. And so one of the ways you can actually use it as a bit of a mantra. Um, and, and I did personally use it with my dad when I first got the tool, when I first started Access. I, After years of therapy, like nothing was changing this thing that I had with my dad, who was a bit of a bully at the time. Um, he loved calling me stupid. And so I used this tool with him. So you can use it with so-called friends. You can use it with parents. You know, if, if parents are harassing you, too, if you feel like you're just like constantly being put down, um, so what I did with my dad was, you know, I could feel the rant coming. And then I, I literally did the mantra, interesting point of view, in my head. Okay, I want to be clear. I actually did this in my head and not out loud. Because when you do it out loud, it sometimes sounds ultra sarcastic and can create a lot of 
more reaction. So it's like a mantra and you say it in your head, interesting point of view, I have that point of view, interesting point of view, I have that point of view, interesting point of view, I have that point of view. Um, and it can change things really, really fast. So when I did do that with my dad, in four minutes, it shifted something that I'd had with him for 37 years of my life of being stupid in his eyes. And then it shifted that. And to this day, he... And so from that day to now, he has never called me stupid again. And actually, he pays me for sessions. So it can shift a lot. And you don't have to say it out loud. In fact, sometimes better not to. So if you are being bullied, absolutely interesting point of view, all of it. Yeah. Go ahead, Faith. Yeah. The one thing I love about the interesting point of view is it really just, it keeps you being you. And so much in high school and as a teen and a youth, if somebody says something like that, you buy it as real and true and you then base the rest of your life upon it. It's not something that yeah. people can take lightly. And so I, that to me is one of the biggest tools that I'd love to see more young people have access to because then they can just know what's true for them. They don't have to buy into it. They don't have to create the rest of their lives from it. They can be like, oh, cool, that's what you think. Whatever. Like, no big deal. Wouldn't it be so fun if if there are, like, you know, if, if we have any graffiti artists out there listening? Because, you know, we've got teen graffiti artists in, in their 20s, like, all over the world graffitiing things. What if you actually started graffitiing interesting point of view all over walls and people could see it? I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be you know? so much fun. <laughs> you could, your tag could be IPOV. You know, you could have shirts that look like graffiti iPod all over the place. Because I think it's uh, it's like a whole brand. I own it now. So <laughs> we, I think it could be a lot of, of fun if people could actually use their fun skills and talents like graffiti artists um, and create consciousness with it. You know, it doesn't have to be about creating separation. My gang this, your gang that. What if it's actually about, could be, could possibly be about creating consciousness and that whole clique thing you were talking about, right? In, in a way, it's like mini gangs. Like you got your little Italian gang, you got your little uh, chess club gang, you got your little jock gang, you got your little nerd gang. Like you've got all these mm-hmm. little gangs in school and they literally are gangs. There's like a gang mentality about it. It's like if you don't fit Definitely. in or to fit in, we're going to test you before you get in, right? Um, as if yep. you are somehow way, like you're not valuable as a person until you prove yourself, this proving you exist. So how many teens out there are actually doing that, like doing things to prove they exist? Drugs, um, you know, jumping into bed with people unconsciously, just having, sending, you know, naked photos to people randomly without forethought, you know? I think there's a lot of proving you exist with a lot of, uh, overt proof these days especially social media is kind of like if you if you have your five and a half million followers on instagram then you're really cool but until that you know you're just a loser it's it's yeah. crazy the one thing so, that I also yeah. to mention when you were talking about the gangs it's like they they have one sole leader or maybe two sole leaders and so if you choose to be a member of that gang you lose control of your life you lose control of who you be you give up so much of yourself just to be a part of something else that doesn't always work for you. I remember in high school, I pretended to be somebody I wasn't time and time over and over again. 
and I'm like, wow, this really doesn't work for me. And I got sick and tired of the trauma and drama that came with it. And finally, in my grade 12 year, I chose for me, and I had no friends. I was just my own friend. And I actually inspired a few people to do the same. And I had friends who I were friends with in the past wanting to be my friend again. And I said, you know what? Sorry, I'm actually too busy. And it really worked for me because I actually had control of my life. I was getting to be me. I wasn't giving me up anymore. And yet the funny thing is, is you actually had a huge support group of people from Access Consciousness who were like cheering you on going, holy crap, look at this like 18-year-old who's a certified facilitator, right? <laughs> like there was a lot of people yeah. who were like, woohoo, like go face, go, right? So it's really mm-hmm. funny who when you choose for you what drops out of your life and what you invite into your life and you have this like massive group of cheerleaders cheering you on for your current creations and everything that you've been choosing and then yeah, to the people who aren't, uh, you know, inspired by you or to the people who are are uh, judging what you're doing as invalid or unfun or whatever, it's an interesting point of view. <laughs> they have that point of view, right? So it's it's such an awesome tool. If, if that's literally the only tool um, that you take away from this as a teen or as an adult, that everything anybody ever says to you about you is just an interesting point of view. Like you were saying, Faith, even about the um, pretty, right? It's just an interesting point of view. Like if you oh, exactly. if you buy that, 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 oh, that thing you're doing right now is so pretty, then, you know, you start to go into judgment and go, okay, if I wanted to be pretty, I got to try and do that again. Yeah. And you just keep on, you don't actually create, right? You just keep on going to the same old over and then like you'll be 55 and you'll be putting your hair up the same way you did when you were 17. Oh, yeah. You never could Perfect. create beyond it. Right? I'm only pretty because so-and-so said I'm pretty. People don't actually, yeah. like, yeah, people can compliment me all they want. I'll receive them. And I got a lot of compliments, but I didn't see that I was pretty. I had to see that I was pretty. Nobody else can tell you that. That's something you really have to see within yourself. So it's just like when somebody says you're fat, is that really true for you? Like you need to look at yourself and see those things are really true because people can say what they want, but you know what's true for you. For sure. We are uh, running way behind on our break, which we are going to have. And Faith, when we do come back from break, um, I'd like to look at some more stuff around body image and some tools, um, tricks, tips and tools for teens regarding body image because you just brought that up. So when we come back from break, some tricks, tips and tools for body image on The Pleasure Zone. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with Body Whisperer, Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at melissayelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and today my guest is Faith Norseman, and our show is called Tricks, Tips, and Tools for Teens. Um, this little segment is going to be uh, dedicated to body image, and um, one of the things I was thinking about on break, Faith, was that uh, sometimes we're our own biggest bullies, especially when it comes to bodies and body yeah. image, um, the self-loathing and self-judgment. So, um, so what, uh, from from your experience and um, point of view and all of that and your awareness, what are some uh, tips and tricks and tools that you used yourself for your body to feel or to have like a sense of confidence and presence um, to not allow yourself to get caught up um, and not necessarily judge yourself as much as everybody else was. Not that you're not judging yourself totally. You probably still do it a little because <laughs> you're magic like that. But <laughs> but, but um, what did you use to uh, have more ease with your, your own body? I'm just going to first start with a little quick story because I've had it interesting because in grade five and six, I went through a stage in my life where I would wear really baggy clothes. I did not like wearing tight clothes. It was baggy clothes. I don't, looking back at it, I don't think I was being me. Um, Cause I, later on in high school, I used to wear really tight clothes and my family judged me for it. So it was really interesting how I went from like super baggy to super tight. Um, I personally like tight clothes just cause they flatter my body. That's what I've chosen now. But I found like, through grade seven and eight, even grade seven, eight, nine, probably, I went through a stage in my life where I could not go anywhere without wearing makeup. And I normally didn't have time in the morning to do my makeup, so I'd hop on the bus, and I was the first one on. And so I'd get on the bus, and I'd spend 10 minutes doing my makeup. And once I was on, I felt good. But I could not go anywhere or do anything without having my makeup done. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to wear makeup. So I kind of went through, like, rebellious stage, probably 
grade 10, just for a year, grade 10 and 11 maybe, and I wouldn't wear makeup. I just wouldn't wear it. And I was like, you know what? My skin's healthier without it. I don't need makeup. I'm not going to wear it. And so, I mean, I became, I became more an allowance of just like the flaws, if that's what you want to call them, like the zits, and it didn't really bug me so much, and I didn't make them so big. Um, and then it wasn't until grade 12 that I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to wear makeup if it's fun for me, but if it's not fun for me, I'm not going to wear it. And so now, nine times out of ten, you'll see me not hold my mascara, normal lipstick, and maybe some bronzer on because that's what's fun for me. I like to highlight those three features of my face. That's fun. And, I mean, I'm not doing it to hide anything or to cover up anything. I'm just doing it because it's fun for me. And I think that's something I think a lot of teens wear makeup because they want to hide themselves. And I that's what I did for, for the longest time. And I'm like, no, I'm not hiding me anymore. And I became really resistant to it now I'm just at a place where I'm like I'll do it if it's fun for me but if it's not fun for me then I'm not going to do it and I really like the freedom and choice I have now with whether I decide to wear makeup or whether I decide not to wear makeup um I found even when I was going through the phase when I chose not to wear makeup it was definitely not easy on me because I've struggled with confidence most of my life so what I would do is I'd look in the mirror and before I left least for the day I'd find five things I liked about myself compliment myself in my smile or what I was wearing or my hair or whatever and I just found five things I really loved about myself and I left on a great note feeling great about myself and I that was a really big thing for me and that was probably one of the biggest things that changed is just learning to love myself and find parts not even just parts but learning to love my whole body and compliment myself and I mean, I'm, I'm a little sad for it now. If I can see my reflection in something, I'll be checking myself out. I will look at my face, look at my body. That's fun for me. <laughs> I think we should all check ourselves out. Have fun with it. Um, so yeah, I love the one about the mirror and just finding five to ten things you like about yourself before you leave for the day. Um, as for another tool, I would say with makeup, like choose what's fun for you. Don't do it because you have to hide something or because you hate makeup do it if it's fun for you ask your body what it wants to wear hey body what do you desire to wear today ask your body when you're going shopping hey body what would you what would you like to buy what would be fun for you um instead of what's the latest trend what's the latest color yeah you could actually be a trend trend starter by following what's light and fun for you rather than following somebody else's trend Yes, and that's what, what I concept, finally did eh? in my Being grade the trend starter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in my grade, like, I got so tired of it because it was, it was depending on, the like, the click I was in and the trend, I was always having to change out things, and I didn't get to wear everything that I'd like to wear. And so when I decided to be my own best friend, I wore skirts or I wore heels. I wore bright lipstick, and then I'd wear sweats the next day. I got to <laughs> wear whatever I wanted to wear because it was only me I was approving of and. I was in allowance of me and my choices and I like to be a little bit of everything. I'm not just one thing and I never will be. So I, I gave myself the freedom of choice to ask what my body would like to wear and actually wearing what I would like to wear. And one day it would be sweat and the next day it'd be healed. It was cool. And uh, it was, that is like, fun. as I said, it was funny how it was funny. Oh, how go ahead. Yeah. Acknowledged it. And, 
like, oh, you look really great today. Or I remember my grade 12 year when I started doing that, I would walk down the hall and people would just like turn and look at me as I walked high. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and did I'll be like gawking at me kind of thing like, wow, she's bold. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm being me. Like, it's okay to be you and be bold. And yeah, just really ask your body, ask yourself. And I love that. that. It's you it's not something that uh, when when I went to high school, I went to a high school that we wore uniforms. And going into grade nine, I was actually really thrilled about that. As every year until then, I didn't wear a uniform, and I was totally and completely judged for the clothes I wore. Um, I, I was living in this sort of um, not. We weren't totally impoverished. We were like lower, lower middle class, not the lowest uh, middle class you could be, but we were pretty close. And uh, so most of the kids in my school didn't have, like most people didn't have a lot of like really nice clothes. And I was actually teased for having really nice clothes. I happened to get a lot of hand-me-downs from this um, family that my grandparents knew and they had like millionaire um, family members so I was wearing like I didn't even know at the time I was wearing like designer clothes as a kid um, to like a single mom who you know could barely put food on her table but I was the kid walking around in like designer clothes and wearing like fancy dresses to school every day probably till grade three or four I would I would dress to the nines like because I loved it I loved wearing dresses made me so happy and then and people would tease me constantly like flip my skirt up try and take my clothes off like it was just like ridiculous and then I started like wearing you know I started getting frumpy and I I chose to be frumpy all the way till grade nine when when we got to where everybody was wearing kilts in school pretty much so at that point, nobody's judging. The thing about the whole wearing uniforms was nobody judged you for what you wore. And I was so like, it's such a relief for me that I could go to school every day and nobody could tease me for that. They would find other things, mind you, because kids are creative and they will find something to pick on you for. But I was like, thank mm-hmm. God it wasn't the clothes. So, yeah, they'll tease you for any anything, hair, your eyes. It was amazing how after all the clothes stuff changed, it was very noticeable to people that I have like massive eyes and big lips. Um, And in the 90s, that wasn't cool. (laughs) That was so not cool. Everybody was trying to have non-existent eyebrows and small, tiny lips and small, tiny eyes. It was like that was the thing. And my current face is the face that people are trying to get like plastic surgery to have like big lips and big eyes, (laughs) big wide eyes. I laugh. Like, are you kidding me? I got incessantly teased for my face my whole life. (laughs) So, uh, or most of it. So it's like, yeah, it's crazy. And like, you know, I could have been a trendsetter for all I know, 25 years ago, I could have been the one setting the trend for the big eye, big lips phenomenon. I have no idea. But if you are truly just you you can be a trendsetter the one thing i remember my dad always saying was face fashion just comes in and out it's just a cycle he's like look at you kids now he's like you kids are wearing the same things your mom and i wore when we were kids he's like look at the big sunglasses and like 
it just cycles through. And I'm like, that's so true. Fashion is just a cycle. And so, I mean, if you go to the extent to try and change your wardrobe or even your physical self, it's not worth it because that's why, like, that's kind of why I chimed in and said, oh, it's a good thing you didn't change because now look at, like, now you have the face that everybody wants. And it's just going to cycle through and through. And so it's like, it'd be really cool to see the cycle be broken and just see people. I know, to have no cycle. Yeah. and I I see that more now. and. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's more now than ever um, present. And there's so many um, different things like um, Keisha, the producer on tonight, she can, I'm sure she'll like, amen to this. Because in the 80s, the coolest thing to do was to pin your pants up. Right, Keisha? You remember those days? So you would take your jeans and you would get like safety pins and pin your pants up all the way. And that was cool. And if you weren't doing that, you were like a total loser. <laughs> so, so it was like, wow. Um, but everybody was doing it. Like from like eight, you know, grade three to like 20 year olds in their 20s were all like everybody was pinning their pants. And yeah, now you can see like multiple different looks happening all at the same time. It's not like one look because well, it wasn't really like a lot of different stores available either you could go like shopping at roots maybe or beaver canoe <laughs> there was like five stores you could get shoes. now there's online there was, like, shopping uh, maybe right never existed uh you got clothes from around the world fabrics from around the world the entire market like everything has changed so much and that at the same time it's like not only has our awareness become our, our ability to get things globally has become way more easy and also our ability to be judged globally has become more easy like you wouldn't have yes. 20 years ago been judged by somebody um you know in in Australia who never met you but now they can judge you on the internet if they like it's wild mhm so crazy yeah it's it's I, I don't know that I would like to be a teen right now, to be honest. I don't think I would have fun with it. Um, I'd be really grateful to have tools, though, if I, if I was. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely No doubt. Right from being an aware teen. high school, and yeah. I chose to get out of school six months early because I couldn't handle it. it. I wasn't happy. It's not a happy place. It's boring. You sit in a chair all day. It just wasn't fun for me. And there's so much judgment. I just call it like a judgment whore. Because that's really what high school is. Absolutely. All you do is get judged. Even in elementary, bullying's become a really big issue. Yeah. And that's exactly why I'm writing the book. Kindergartners like the book. Yeah. I like it. Invitation to people. Even like kindergartners judge each other. It's it's wild. Like my daughter was getting, uh, she's nine now, and she was in kindergarten. Um, she was getting just. It was like there were menaces in her class, and they would just tease her constantly uh, about all everything. Like you know, her big blue eyes and big fluffy blonde hair. Like she just everything. Plus she was like is is really tall. Um, I don't know. She's like five feet tall almost at the age of nine like she's a really tall kid (laughs) and 
so like she gets she's very noticeable she stands out in a crowd for sure i mean the crowd of grade twos she's like almost as tall as her teacher right uh, so <laughs> it, it's it's awkward and she definitely like uh, and you know she walks around and she's kind of overly confident about it too sometimes it's cute i can say overly confident because it it's not that she is confident about it, but she'll put it out there as if she is. Um, uh, she'll be like, I, I don't understand why why people act like that. They could just like, you know, ask what else is possible. Why do they have to like? It, she get she gets really sarcastic and like um, superior about things. So it's quite funny. Like uh, they just knew, you know, they could just run each other's bars, you know. I'm like, yes, they could. And you already know that they don't know about that. But yes, you have to be superior about this. I get it. <laughs> so it kind of invokes and brings on, uh, you know, people going, oh, she's weird. And and it's cool, though, because in some ways now she's just like, yes, I'm weird. You're weird, too, mommy. We're all weird. I'm like, yes, yes, we are. Uh, and, and I think it's interesting to watch her going through this with other kids and and what she's playing with um to see like you know okay so I'm different and at the same time what can I be with these people what will be received what won't be received and she's become aware of a lot of things that won't be received in school so there's a lot of things like she won't just walk up to somebody and do an SOP on them even though she could and like she won't, you know, there are certain things she's aware of that people just like won't receive, and and she's like, yeah, they just can't receive that. She knows that, and um, and it's funny to to know that at the age of nine that people can't receive uh, all of you, and I was like, wow, had I been aware of that concept at that age, I think I would have had a different experience in school. Like, oh, people can't receive me. Interesting. Well, and I think the big thing is is like. They not only just receive you, but oh, you're just being a kid. That'll change. It's like right, kind of a kid exactly. that they want to approach me and ask or not. Oh, that'll change. Like nobody, they just brushed off. And that yeah. drives me up a wall. Yeah, yeah. Because that's who they are. Let them be that. Let them enjoy it. Like, don't brush it off. How much like fun that. can it? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're sorry, just little. You don't know or whatever. Yeah, they'll they'll just totally it's diminishing, right? It's like, oh, you're just little and you don't know. Uh, it's crap. That's all crap. So if anybody's told you that you don't know anything, or that you're too small to have awareness, um, just interesting point of view them and just know that you know, and chances are you probably know more than they do, or that they're willing to know. <laughs> the one thing I love that you mentioned was uh, she was aware of like who and, like, what she could do that would be received and what wouldn't be received. And the other thing I Mm -hmm. would kind of, like, put in her world is just, like, what if you being you can change the world? Like, what if you being different is going to inspire other people to be different? Like, that's what happened with me was as soon as I chose to be my own best friend, a lot of other people chose to be different and to actually be them and to step up. And a lot of people acknowledged it and it was, a cool thing that I was doing. And so, I mean, it's like, what invitation can you be to others when you choose to be you? And I always look at how much money can you make? If you just receive it, receive oh, the yeah. judgment, don't align the group. <laughs> like, you can make yeah. a shit ton of money in school. A shit ton. I mean, it's true. Just receive. 
receive it. An interesting point of view. She already does make a. She actually does already make <laughs> money, and she's doing well. She's doing well with that. She she does make money for her art and other other things that she's creating, um, and and she is. She is really funny. Like there are times where she is totally willing to be her, and then people will literally give her cash for just existing. Like she was about four, and people just started handing her money because one day we were at an event or something, and and uh, somebody had given her fifty dollars. So for the Americans listening, our fifty dollars are pink. And she grabbed the money, rubbed it on her face, and went, "I love pink money." was like rubbing it all up all over herself and everybody was watching and they were like oh my god that's so cute she walked out of that church with two hundred dollars because people were just like (laughs) passing her cash for being so freaking cute about loving money and i was like man i'll have that (laughs) how would she have that freaking awesome wow so how how much are we sometimes I know. She's awesome. She's, like, received so many things by just, like, being her all the Like, random people in the malls used to give her money as a baby, too. So, um, and, and I could have been that parent who went, no, 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 don't give my kid that. But I was like, hell yeah, we'll have that. Bring it. I'll have your money. I'll take all of, all of it. As you said that, it's... Because we, can, we it could really repeat it, right? Thing. Yeah. Well, and it's like... Oh, I, I had it and then I lost it, but it's it's something along the lines of like kids cost us money; they can't make us money. Like to have yeah, a kid, people it's do cost have that point of view. Oh, it's such a big debt to have yeah. a kid, or oh, I don't have the money to have a kid. Ah, what if you? Ask yeah, the they'll, they'll cost you. Money? They're supposed to cost you they like a minimum of a million dollars. By the time they turn 18 or something, like there, there are all these stats, mm-hmm. right? And actually, the Canadian government is working on what is the actual cost of a child. They cannot figure it out. They have no idea what it costs to raise a kid, so they can't actually put it on our taxes to tell us how much it costs to raise a child because they don't know. And and the truth is, what if children can make make you money and make themselves money? Like she receives money for herself all the time. She's got a beautiful bank account, and. Loves money, loves it, loves touching it, loves playing with it, like, and the colors of it. She doesn't even care what the numbers are on it. She just loves the colors of money are, like, so fun to her. Um, Yeah, lots of pink money and brown money in Canada, too, are our hundreds, and some of them smell like maple syrup, so you can imagine how fun they are, right? You can receive all the smells (laughs) and colors of money. (laughs) it's uh it's really cool to to know so you know she started doing that when she was little and you know that's and and the only difference between her and I is that people gave me money as a kid too and I had parents who would literally step in between us my dad would step in between me and the giver and go no she can't have that and so Why not? if you ever had in your Right, and so how many? And and it was for him. It was like um, he thought it was um, like uh, sympathy. He didn't want people to feel bad for me or feel sorry for me. They weren't mm-hmm. feeling sorry for me or bad for me. They were giving me money because they really like felt like giving me money. They were giving um, it to you and not him. And that, 
Yeah, and he would he would prevent it, right? So it was very interesting. And so for a while, it's like my dad was like a cock blocker of money, and I was like, what the hell? That's so not cool. So there's and there's so many people that we've actually allowed to step in our way in our lives to be like the cock blockers of joy. So yeah, yeah. I said cock blockers, Faith. It's all good. <laughs> so if you have any, <laughs> no, if you I have any of that. <laughs> Yeah, who who are you, uh-huh. cock blockers of joy? And you can like walk out or away from us, and uh, and receive, right? So if if we are having them walk in, and and we bought them, as, and we and we like allowed them to maintain their job of being that, like we could have mm-hmm. fired them a long time ago, but we kept on going. Oh, thank you for being my cock blocker of joy. Um, I guess you know what you're doing because I gave you authority over me. Like, wow, we're way bigger than all of that. So anywhere we're being that, choosing that, have had that in the past and have maintained that, we can let that go now. We can just literally let it go because it's not required. Fire yeah. those freaks is right. <laughs> so, yeah, in in your experience, Faith, like um, maybe, well, you were raised by maybe some more conscious parents than um, at the time I was raised by. So maybe you had other tools. Maybe your parents were actually like, hell yeah, receive that money. What kind of fun can you have? And um, so what was your like experience in terms of uh, even friends and stuff? Did, did you get like, um, let's go to boyfriends because this is the pleasure zone, right? Let's talk about relationships mm-hmm. and boyfriends for a minute. So what kind of tools did you use um like, what, when did you start Access Consciousness? How old were you? Like, 14, 15? No, I actually didn't start Access Consciousness until I was 18. I found the bars class. Oh, wow. You did all those classes in, like, oh, wow. You literally did all those courses in, like, seven months or something. Holy smokes. That's yeah. awesome. I Wow. <laughs> I thought you'd started and then just kind of, like, went boom, boom, boom. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, so were you dating before you left high school or did you mostly start dating after you left? I was dating. I was in a two and a half year relationship, um, when I found tools of access. And I remember talking to my dad because he wouldn't let me practice energy on him. He wouldn't tell his friends about it. He thought it was weird. He didn't want to talk about it. And my dad said to me, you know, he's either going to grow with you or you're going to grow out of him. And that's exactly what Mm -hmm. ended up happening. I went to Blossom Bright Voice for you in June. And he had actually come with me and he'd only brought 200 bucks. And I think he spent 150 of it on a weed bong. So I funded our whole trip. Oh, wow. And I got talking to uh, Blossom about it. And she's actually the one that gave me the courage to finally end things. Because I'm just like, this doesn't work for me. And my family had thought within under six months that he was emotionally and verbally abusive. And they tried to talk to me about it. And I was like, no, 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 you just don't understand him. So then I tried to prove that he wasn't by staying with him, which didn't work for me. The sex was completely unenjoyable. The relationship was unenjoyable. Uh, They smoked in their house, which was unenjoyable for me. And I continued to do these things. Until I finally found access, and I'm just like, whoa, I'm not choosing for me, and this doesn't work for me. 
And so very cool. So you actually had unconscious, like you actually did have the unconscious experience too. Then that's cool. Yeah, so you can like kind of go, wow, had that, and now I can choose different. That's pretty awesome. Exactly. Well, the next relationship I was in was only three months, and I've noticed with the three relationships I've been in, I do them out of, oh, they like me, I'll go on a date with them, I don't want to hurt their feelings, and then it turns into a three-year, three-month, or six-month relationship, and I'm not really actually looking at me in the relationship, and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm not even attracted to that person, and like, the three-month guy was extremely needy. I'm like, I like to be needed to a certain extent maybe, but not to the point where I feel like I'm suffocating. And, like, I couldn't have sex with him because if I had sex with him, it would have been, like, putting the ring on his finger that, oh, my God, we're going to get married because we had sex. And I'm just like, yeah, no, not, oh, not going to work for me. I'm out. Yeah. So I know that I, one very well. I did that for really nice. That's for um, That's awesome. You got that so one, early on in the mess, in the relationship that you didn't like wait three years yes. like I did. <laughs> that one. Oh, That's yeah. cool. The one people that I definitely gave Very teams cool. because I know um, as being a teen myself, I always I was very needy and wanting because I was alone and I struggled with friendships and I never really had many men that liked me back, which is why I ended up in the three year relationship and all the rest of it. Um, and it's actually a tool that my friend Daniel Postman gave me is I don't want blank. I don't need blank. So you can do it about a boy. You can do it about sex. You can do it about friends and just saying, I don't want, I don't need. Because when you look in, in the old dictionary and the meaning of want and need are to lack. And so yep, when you're totally. super needy, you're telling the universe that you lack these things. So if you're saying, I don't lack them, you're inviting more of it to show up and you're creating more space for the person on the other end. So if it's like, I don't want Daniel Postma or I don't need or Daniel Postma, like you're creating more space for them. So yeah, that's cool. He is such a sweetie. So that's, he's a very cool guy. I like him. (laughs) It's cool that you brought him up. Sometimes he listens to the show. So I like that. That's cool. I want to thank you, Faith, for coming on. Um, we have about 10 seconds left, so how can people find you? They can find you on Facebook with your page, right? What is that called? Yeah. So I have the Happiness Club, and then you can also, you're more than welcome to add me as a friend on Facebook. That works, too. Um, my contact info is also, so like, phone number and email. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Thank Zone. Thank you. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in.